0: Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Coming up, we'll be looking back at Guernsey FC's point on Saturday, a busy day down at Foots Lane and a tool draw for the Green Lines. Plus, we'll round up all the latest action in the FNB Premier league and what's been going on at the start of the season, lower down the Divisions 2. I'm Tony Kerr. With me, as ever, is Rob Batty. Hello, Tony. Great to see you, Rob. Um, let's start with GFC then, shall we? As I say, it was, uh, it was a full-on weekend at Foots Lane, for sure. Um, lots going on on Saturday, obviously, with the Siam Cup, uh, GFC starting the day, I was uh, on top of the the rickety old scaffolding at the old rugby club pitch filming the women's Siam and I could see GFC playing out in the distance trying to keep one ear on that because you can normally tell what's happening, can't you, by uh, by the way the crowd's reacting and it sounded like there were a few tasty moments for
1: the crowd to get stuck into too. Certainly, and it was a strange afternoon really because not only was it a a noon kickoff, which seems to deflate the atmosphere somewhat but also the fact that there was almost this feeling that for once the GFC home game was not the big thing that day. You know, the big thing that day was going to happen on that pitch a few hours later. And there was a lot of noise going on with the ladies, you know, two or three hundred yards away in battering the Jersey ladies at rugby. So it was a bit odd, but um, it was a good game, I thought. Um, Thatcham Town were pretty handy, pretty handy. Had some nice players. Um, and probably if you analyse the whole game um, Probably deserved all three points. GFC did well to to get their their point. Hold on, um, and they showed some good battling qualities again. I think the um, the Green Lions. Tony Tony's got them really well um, programmed. They sort of know what they're doing and they're sticking to. Um, Strict tactics. Um, in general terms, it's working. There is um, a common plan, I think, with you know, as far as Tony and, and the fellow coaches are concerned, and that they have to play a certain way and make the max, make maximize their um, what they've got their meager um, options because um, they are meager. Um, must, you can't beat around the bush. I mean, there's not a, there's not 25 players. I think, who are able to play at this level. They've got a very small squad and they were without Charlton Govine and Frank Tobin um, on Saturday. Two real key men in that team. Um, Frank at the back, obviously, and Charlton wide on the right. And then they lost Kyle Smith before half-time with a hamstring injury, which is bad news. Um, So they have to dig in and they have to play a certain way and to a certain degree hope for the best. It seems like it's sort of a continuation of an encouraging start around, though. Yeah, um, th- I wouldn't get despondent at all. I think we just need to be realistic about GSC this season. Um, I think um, if I ask, was asked now, where I think they, what section they of the league they would would finish come the end of the season, I'd probably say lower mid table. I think that and that would be perfectly um, decent. Performance over the course of the season, considering the way we started, no proper build-up, um, and um, as I say, we we're not we're not we're not this is not Guernsey of ten years ago when we had Dom Sam Cochrane, and Dave Railway, numerous others. We had a very deep squad. We had this as people call the golden period of this you know Guernsey football, and it was a pretty special period, I suppose, for in terms of. Um, choices. Um, We haven't got that at the moment. We've got some really good youngsters coming through the Ravenscroft Development leagues. There's no doubt about that. And we've got a couple of youngsters forcing their way into the GFC team, like Ben AC, who started on Saturday. But it's a big, big, big step up and it won't happen overnight. So in the meantime, we need to rely on a team being expertly um, put together and um, the strategy needs to be right and we need to keep our best players fit. For us to succeed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The game's coming thick and fast. They've got five more um, this month. Next up, a home game against Westfield this Saturday and another home uh, fixture the following Wednesday. Um, so, Guernsey, 16th in the Eastmean South Central, uh, having played obviously just five games. Uh, most of the other teams around them have played 10 or 11. Uh, Thatcham, one place above them uh, in 15th. So, uh, yeah, another fixture um, that I suppose they would have considered would be one that they should take points from or, or should see as an opportunity opportunity and they did take a point. so
1: yeah, but a good, I'd like to see um, like to Daniel Fossu, I thought the number 10 for Thatcham was an excellent player. I'd like to see him play in our ranks. I thought he was a very handy player. Um, and um, it was a bit of a scrappy game. It wasn't, it wasn't a classic by any means, and unfortunately the referee didn't really help probably. Um, he was a bit picky. Made some strange decisions. Nowhere near as good as our mate Valentine the previous week. And um, I think bring back Valentine every week, I think, to referee at Foots Lane. And that game next
0: Wednesday, um, and I'm sure we'll preview it um, on next Monday's football show, is against Bracknell Town, who are the leaders. So that will be an interesting test.
1: Uh, yes. Talking <laughs> <laughs> to how you classify interesting, yeah. Tony. I mean, um, Black Bracknell are obviously a quality team, judging by the league table and the results so far. Um We'll need a very good atmosphere and a very good performance, I think, that night to get anything. Um, but you never know. You know, there's there's a lot to be proud of in this um, GFC um, squad and um, set up at the moment. So good luck to the boys.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Well, let's leave GFC um, for now and switch our attention to the Prio League. Three games uh, this weekend. There was a 3-2 win for Velrec against Bells. Rangers, uh, a narrow defeat for them at home against Alderney, 2-1. And a close game as well between Manza and St. Martins at the KG5. Saints uh, going top of the table uh, with a 3-1 win. But some people, I think, Rob, were expecting that to be a bit more one-sided.
1: Yeah, I was. When I I arrived um, sort of midway through the first half, straight from the GFC game, um, I was mightily surprised to see that Manza were 1-0 up. Uh, particularly when I looked around their team and I thought, hmm, this doesn't look as if anywhere near their first team um, and um, during half time I was chatting to their um, secretary, Rob Thompson, who told me that um, how delighted he was considering that the previous afternoon when they were losing players left, right and centre and trying to piece together a side, that he envisaged that um, potentially Manza might be on the end of a record beating in the Premier League the following afternoon um, I said, what do you mean by record beating, um, Rob? And he said, well, you know, I guess it's probably in the region of 10 12 nil Mark. And I said, well, you must be silly. I mean, don't be silly. I said, it's far, far more than that. And then it has got me thinking. I've done a bit of research today and, um, about what the biggest beatings um, all time have been in the Premier League. And I seem to remember when I first started in this job back in the late 70s, early 80s. There were some big scores. Um, uh, Valrecq and St Martins were clearly the two best sides out, were dishing out some hammerings to the likes of um, centrals in particularly, um, but also uh, likes of Bells, Rangers, even Sylvan's got a few... Big big stuffings. But anyway, I knew there was a big score in there somewhere because I had it in the back of my memory that I, one Sunday afternoon I toddled along to St Andrews to see Valrec, who were in their pomp um, beat um, Centrals, who were um, not, in their <laughs> not in their pump, shall we say, um, who were then the, um, the um, land owned, and that was their home site, home ground at St Andrews in those days. Um, found soundly thumped and i had in the back of my mind that they they got beaten 23 nil anyway i've been looking through the old record books and in fact i was wrong it was 20 nil it was 20 (laughs) nil it was extraordinary and um just a few facts from that sort of time um in that particular afternoon, Peter Blondall, who was on Ratti's centre-half, was playing centre-forward and hit seven goals. And it was the second successive successive game he'd scored seven goals. The previous week, Valrec had pummeled Sylvan's 13-0. Now, um, needless to say, Central's finished bottom of the league that year, having conceded 10 on nine occasions <laughs> <laughs> ten or more I should say on nine occasions Whoa. no they weren't very good but they were the, they were to get worse they were to get worse for um, what surprised me and I'd forgotten about that um, the pre- the following year centrals were beat hit for 20 a second time this time by St Martins and our friend Big Fowl got eight that day and there were hat tricks for Kevin de Gallo Peter blondorf who was now a Saint and Willie Kennedy um, I also had it in the back of my mind that centrals, this was the end of the centrals, but no, they persevered for a couple more years. Two seasons later, they were still shipping 13 to Saints, 12 to Rangers, um, but that was it. They sort of then folded and um, gradually over time, um, well, they, continu- well so they they folded as the a Prio League team, but they continued in the Jackson for quite some time yet. Yeah. And then... Many years later, of course, Rangers um, purchased the ground and uh, have now taken on responsibility.
0: I thought our our former Media United team uh, were on the receiver again of a few beatings, but that is something else.
1: No, I mean, people have got this sort of um, idea that um, the Prio League in in the old days was far, far more competitive, much, much better. But I can assure you, there have always been at least one team that's been the whipping boys of the top sides. And as I say, in that period, there was very much a um, two levels of the Prio League. Valrex St Martins um, and Rangers, to a certain extent, were much, much better than um, everybody else. And um, the likes of centrals, particularly, who, as <laughs> I say... They were, they were keen, they were keen, but <laughs> they were, we, weren't
0: very good. I think we needed a central special, get a couple of uh, former central players together to yeah, look but back we not, that. To be,
1: I, mean, I mustn't mock them too much no, no, the old no, sense, to be honest, because, I mean, not that far, back in the 60s and the mid-60s, they very, very nearly um, um, broke St Martin's great winning run of winning the Premier League, what was it, nine times on the trot. They had a very good team at one stage. Um, they had people like um, Colin Hargreaves, who, when he came from the UK, signed for them. Um, uh, Marcus Letitiae, Kevin and Carl's, Mark's, and, and Matt's father played for them. Um, and they had a lot of very good players. And as I say, they gave Saints a, a run for their money in one particular year and were a strong side for quite a number of times. I remember they had a, a centre forward, Ringo Count.
0: Fantastic
1: name. <laughs> centre forward. In fact, he wasn't Ringo at all. He, that was his nickname. He was Ricky, um, Richard Count, who had a lot of involvement with the um, the BSJA in, the, in future years. Oh. But, um, uh, but they did have a good side. So.
0: Who do you think would win then between the Central side of 1979 and the Sark team that played in the Island Games in 2003 and got done? What did they get? Like
1: 20-something nil? Oh, I, think, I think Centrals would win undoubtedly. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, well, it's, uh, I mean, that's quite a remarkable set of scorelines. So, um, yeah, certainly the Premier League has tightened up then on that yeah. basis yeah, that's right. since
1: then. I mean, we see on Saturday, I mean, apart from the, the um, KG5 game between Mans and Saints, which promised a shock for, you know, the best part of an hour and only ended up 3-1 to Saints. Um, we had a cracking game at Corbett Field um, where Bells were 2-0 up and managed to lose that one. 3-2 with Glenn Letitiae. Whose knee injury obviously can't be that too bad because he popped up with a the winner there, and then um, um, Alderney getting a much deserved win um, at Rangers two one. I say much deserved. I wasn't there, so I mean I'm not sure the, how the, the game panned out, but certainly this year Alderney have deserved a bit of luck. Um, the times I've seen them, they are a much much better side than their position showed. You know, very very well organised, gutsy, fit, and they've been unlucky so. If they did get a bit of um, the rub of the green this week, well, good luck to them.
0: Yeah, good stuff. They host Sylvans on Saturday. Um, Three other games to come at the weekend. It's Bells against North, Manza... um, yeah, who, as you say, battled well against Saints, hosts Rovers um, and it's Velrec against St Martins. So um, we'll be reflecting on some of those in the next show, of course. Uh, right, let's take a look at what's going on uh, down the divisions because there's uh, plenty of football being played, uh, obviously, uh, around the island and a few divisions to look at. Are we going to start in Lancaster 1?
1: Well, it'll be a natural place to start, I suppose. <laughs> you know, but firstly, Tony, I was looking through the, the results on our... Uh... Result service on Monday and the first thing that struck me, what a great weekend it was again for Rovers. Their first team wasn't playing and got knocked off the top of the pre-league by St Martins. But the five teams that did take to the pitch um, came away with four wins and a grand total of 33 goals. Not a bad effort. Um, in Lancaster 1 at the moment, their reserves have put 30 put 13 past Valrack at Portsmouth on Saturday. Uh, sorry, on Sunday. Um, there were hat-tricks for Tyler Crowther, Chesney Payne and Bradley Smith. And that win takes them to win three points of the leaders, um, Rockane Pirates, who up some metres were held 1-1 by their clubmates, Sylvans. Um, the Red Line North are the third team in their title equation in Lancaster 1. And they put eight past Manza at the KG5. Um, individually it seems to me that Rovers have two of the league's top strikers in Chesney Payne and Tyler Crowther Um, Payne is the division's top scorer with 13 three more than his teammates and while I don't know too much about Tyler Crowther Payne of course had previously shown himself to be capable of playing at first team level Um, and if it is still the case of him being unable to commit to Saturday football due to work it's a shame because he's quite capable of playing at pre-league level that's for sure um On Sunday, Rovers' fourth team hit four against the police with Scott Bates Bates grabbing a brace. And in this division, it is um, Barney Henry who leads the way in terms of goals scored. Um, He's a Sylvans player. Um, He's sitting on the eight mark from five appearances. Um, Down in Lancaster 2, it's North who sit top with three wins from four games. And Rovers lead the chase two points behind with a game in hand. It does help, of course, that Rosa had the services of Chesney Payne <laughs> <laughs> for a couple of games in which he has scored four times. Um, I was looking through the scorers' list in this division and it quickly became obvious there is some very decent talent playing down in Lancaster too. And what, in effect, is the old railway for the people out there who don't quite get the new structure. Um, Zach Chatterton, a Prio League winner um, last season with St Martins. Is a regular in the Saints third team now. And you look elsewhere and I see Brad not knocking in goals at Northfield and Ben and Todd Ogier likewise at the Bells. Um, There's also Craig Mollett at North. Um, Of course, he's played stacks of pre o league games in recent years and it seems to me all these lads are good enough to be playing at pre o league league level. So there's a decent standard down there. Um, We mustn't forget the veterans, of course. And this is the one division at the moment where Rangers are having a bit of fun. Um, topping the table with three wins from four, four from four games. Um, it helps, of course, they got Dale Garland available. Dale still looks like he's 20. Remarkable um, And I also see This is a strange one The Rangers first team skipper Shane Billion Is playing for them as well He's managed to play um, Three t- School three times In as many games For the veterans team And I'm, I'm not sure how this The registration system Works these days But you know How I, don't, I wonder how A pre-league regular Can be playing In the veterans To be honest But there again There's many things About this modern game <laughs> That I don't leaves me scratching my head To be honest Um, and while we're on that there's one thing that's really getting my (laughs) it really is getting my goat Um, and I saw it on one of the uh, Premiership games at the weekend and I thought that's ridiculous and that's corners taken outside the D outside this segment how can this be I just don't know I don't get it I I really don't football's are like balloons these days I mean they're so easy to kick they're not the heavy things they were of yesteryear and there's no excuse for players at any level really, I think, Just let alone pros to be any closer to the goal. And yet we see this ridiculous time situation time and again, players putting the ball ahead of that segment. Do you think they gain much of an advantage from that then? Well no, but what's the bloody point? Excuse well, yeah, me, yeah, quite, you know, I mean yeah. it's it's ridiculous. I mean, if if there's a really I felt there a need for footballers are today to need more room to take a corner make the segment bigger <laughs> and, put yeah, the, and put the ball in don't make a segment and allow it to be placed outside I just don't understand it well, I think we
0: get it with penalties as well don't we the ball is very rarely placed on the spot anymore
1: yeah I don't know I don't know moving on to the Ravenscroft under 18 leagues because there's lots of happening down in the um, junior ranks of course and they're the future. Um, in the under-18s, there's no stopping um, north and you'd strongly fancy um, Ross Cameron's side um, to go on and win the under-18 league and be our representatives in the Portsmouth Trophy um, game against the Jersey champions. Um, I mean, they've got a hell of a side when you look through it. You know, there's the likes of Ben Ac who, to be honest at the moment, is not playing. He's playing, he's got bigger fish to fry with GFC. Um, but of course, I'm sure come junior Upton Day, will be used. You've got Ben AC, you've got Keen Domile, George McNeill, Jamie Smith, Owen Walbridge and Brandon Wallace. They've all been playing regularly, quite regularly for the North first team this year. And then you've got the likes of Luke Elmy, Pierre Markey, Archie Drillo. They've got stacks of goals in them, you know, and I can't see anybody getting them anywhere near. That's to say that, you know, there are decent under-18 size elsewhere. Sylvan's particularly, look, you know, look at some of the players they've got, particularly in attack with likes of Tim Apsion, Apsion, Freddie Walker, Jimmy Evans, um, and then you know, if we've got an under eighteen Marathi played this year, I fancy we might have the um, the um, the side to beat them. I, I think it will take a very good um, Jersey team to beat what we've got uh, available at the moment. Well, I hope we get those uh, age group Marathis on. I hope so. Now let's look at the rest of the um, Ravenscroft Youth Leagues and where it's a really bright picture for Sylvans. Um, They had the under-16s, under-15s and under-14s as well as being really competitive in the under-18s and finally they're probably the second best team to North in the under-18s. In the under-16s though, um, they had to work hard to get the better of North 2-1 at the weekend. The goals coming from Jack Griffin and Luke Saunders. Um, they won though, despite being without Tim Apsion, who must be regarded as the league's top forward player in that level. Although I must admit, I do like what I see in his teammate Griffin and also Ranger Zach Batiste and Hamilton Chisenga at, Nor- at Rovers. Good good prospect and for the future. In the under 15, Sylvans have won 4 from 4 and recently put 4 past their nearest challenger Saints. Um, in the under 15s, Jack Griffin, who we mentioned playing in their Sylvan's under 16s, is a very strong player at that, that level. But I also like the look of, sort of Zach Gilman, the son of the former Marathi man Dave. And also, there's a strong girl performer in that side, Scarlett Gallagher from the, the Gallagher Athletics Clan, who are obviously a very, you know, um, very sporty um, family indeed. But she's a strong player. I expect to see her playing for the, the Guernsey women's Marathi team if they ever get to play again. Um, Sylvan's under-14s. have also got maximum points from four games. But individually, the league's top scorer is a North kid. Yeah, that's Tyrese Kelly, the younger brother of GFC keeper, keeper Jordan, I believe. Um, finally, in the under-13s, a good word for Valrec. They're not the force they were across the youth leagues in general, but their under-13s look very handy this year and lead the way at the moment. Ah, good stuff. Um, yeah, you mentioned about right?
0: Always see uh, the Corbett Field,
1: uh, you know, washed with yellow shirts on a Saturday morning when you drive past there. Yeah, it looks a picture at the moment. You know, our grounds are looking good, generally. I mean, I look at the, the surface of St Peter's and I think, wow, I'd love to play on this. Um, KG5 looks good. But at the moment, the Corbett Field is probably the pick of them all. Um, you know, it's... Um, Jody Bissell and, and the guys down there have really um, worked very hard. They've got a good drainage system in and it's um, it's working well for them. Wish them luck. Yeah, they've
0: been well backed, haven't they, in recent years with uh, some funding for bits of machinery and, and kind of ground maintenance equipment. So uh, it's obviously paying off down there because it does, as you say, it looks cracking. Um, uh, you mentioned Manza as well, um, you know, the top in the, the Pria roundup and, and, and Rob Thompson. In fact, he tweeted... Um, after the weekend, the club was literally on its knees a month or so ago. Fielding three sides in 24 hours was barely contemplatable. Immensely proud of anyone who's stuck with it. #WeAreManza. So yeah, it's good to see them. Yeah, yeah good to see them fielding um, a full outfit. Yeah, they had a
1: tough time. They had a tough time, and I know there's some people in local game who would love to see the back of them. But no, I think they they really have dug in. You know, they've got something to go for them. They still got some decent players playing in the first team level. Um, Piers Ockford. It was good to see him playing playing. At pre league level again on the weekend for Manza, showing he was basically, he could have got into that Saints team, I think. It shows something about his ability. Um, No, they're a decent side and they're far, far, far from being the worst pre league side ever because, as we said before, centrals fill that role quite (laughs) comfortably.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully we don't see any 20-plus goal scorelines this season. Uh, I think you'd imagine we wouldn't.
1: No, I'm sure we won't. Not 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 at pre League level.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, uh, cheers, Rob. As ever, make sure you're subscribed to the Guernsey Press Sport podcast to get our football shows on a Monday or Tuesday in this instance and uh, our sport shows or our general sport shows on a Thursday. And uh, get involved on social media at GSY Press Sport. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the place to go. Uh, if you've enjoyed or are enjoying these shows, give them a share, give them them a push give them a mention uh, we appreciate all the support and of course do pick up a paper because that's where you're going to find the uh, the best and most comprehensive local sport coverage cheers rob See you cheers tony